Prosecutors have charged a Minnesota man with a misdemeanor but not a hate crime for dumping a bloody deer carcass on the hoods of two cars owned by Somali-American men. To be fair, in Minnesota, dumping a bloody deer carcass on the hood of a car is like bringing your neighbor a bunt cake. (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow says that she's the one that made yoga popular in the West. You know what? She's not wrong, because every time I think of an annoying, pretentious white lady carrying a yoga mat, I think of Gwyneth Paltrow. Michelle Obama's memoir is the best-selling hardcover book of the year. Melania Trump is also working on a book, but it's not so much a memoir as a photo montage of her best scowls. Mm. Quentin Tarantino wed an Israeli singer and model last weekend. Guests were shocked when the wedding vows broke Tarantino's record record for use of the N-word. <laughs> and there were six kills. Uh, and finally, <laughs> President Trump says he doesn't believe his own administration's dire report on climate change. So in order to get him to take it seriously, scientists are just blaming climate change on the Clintons. The Trump report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Oh, yes, that's right. We do indeed have a thousand points of light for the homeless man and the kinder gentleman machine gun. And welcome to the Trump Report. I am Christian Blatt, joined, as usual, by Tamara Brown. I've never sounded more like Morning Drive DJ than over this music, <laughs> announcing so aggressively... Thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Hey, it's 4.10, 10 minutes after the hour. 76 degrees. We'll be giving away tickets to see (laughs) the Rolling Stones at the Rose Bowl. But first, Tamara with the traffic. (laughs) Hey, thanks, Christian. Uh, My Twitter handle is HeyTamara underscore. And uh, joining us, uh, return visit. Al G, Al Greg, how are yeah, you? Yeah, boy, Al Greg, a.k.a. Al G, thank you for rem- remembering. That's my older Bavarian brother over there, Christian. Yes, that's right. Still, uh, we, you know, we're only about like 10 months away from the return of Better Call Oh, Saul. man, can't so, wait. Yeah, so before we know it. Uh, anyway, you guys are on the panel? Oh, we, yeah. we, we are the panel for Better Call Saul, <laughs> except for the week where you weren't there and it was just me Good holding it you. down. Anyway, uh, Scott and Chelsea on assignment the rest of the year. Uh, so I'm going to take that to mean they're under indictment. So uh, hopefully they uh, have their uh, their bags packed. But at least Chelsea can represent herself. Anyway, we hope that they're they're both back soon. Uh, that's actually one of the things I want to start with. The idea that the Mueller investigation might just about be ready to start the almost beginning the finishing process. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is, man, this is taking a long time. But... Uh, do you think, Tamara, is is Robert Mueller looking to to give you know President Trump's detractors and I don't know freedom a Christmas present under the tree? Do you think that uh, you think he's trying to wrap it up before the end of the year? I think so. I can feel it. I can feel it coming. I didn't he himself say that it was it should by November. I think I think at some point somebody uh, as part of the investigation. Yeah. I remember them saying like November is when. It would wrap up, of uh, course, they're taking their time, as yeah. Scott Moore says, because they're making sure that they've crossed every T and dotted every I. But, oh, I think, um, I don't know. On one hand, I'm, I'm just excited for it to be done and to find out, you know, just just the little that's that's been leaked out in the last week or so. 
Yeah, I mean, there. I would say that the spoilers that are contained in the Mueller investigation are better guarded than the spoilers in Avengers Four, and I don't think that's easy to do because mm-hmm. there's so many. I think there's more interest in the Mueller investigation mm-hmm. report, and uh, you know, you get little hints of it. You know, you can see who's making plea deals, who isn't. You know, that sort of thing. I mean, but I feel, I do feel like, on, on one hand, like I don't want us to get too excited because I do feel like that's as good as it's going to get. Like uh, we, we, people connected to Trump are going to take some plea deals. They're going to be a 10 year sentence that turns into a like three month actual time served. And yeah, I mean, it's not going to be satisfying. No, it'll be like you're sentenced to three months of your own show on headline news. You know, that'll really show them. Uh, Yeah, I think that uh, that's basically what it's all building towards. Uh, Al, you hear about the Mueller investigation. We've heard about it. It seems like from before President Trump was even sworn in, we've heard about the Mueller investigation. I think it actually has it's it's definitely logged more man hours than the Trump administration has. Uh, I I don't think Mueller's ever gone to Mar-a-Lago for a long weekend. So (laughs) I feel like they put a lot of time into this. Uh, Do you have expectations for you know what it might be uh not a literal smoking gun but uh, do you think that there realistically is something that is tied to president trump and hasn't been revealed yet uh i think they're definitely going to get hardcore collusion and conspiracy but just uh man mm. you got we like you said earlier got to give it up to Mueller for just uh, on this marathon for playing everything so close to the chest but what i find the most interesting angle is to find like how trump how trump's reaction the closer and closer they move in on and and this is not even taken out a political point of view it's an interesting character study to see how he reacts and how he acts out well yeah i mean obviously we all know it's a witch hunt but we can <laughs> we can certainly move past that part you know look Here's the thing. Sometimes witch hunts, you know what they found? Witches. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, the way that you tried to find witches, I, I, I think you, you dunked them. And if they drowned, it proved that they weren't a witch. But if they didn't drown, it proved they were a witch. So uh, I don't know. Am I the only one that wants to see Corey Lewandowski dunked in some water? I don't want to see him die. I just want to see him dunked in some water. That's kind of what I what I really want to Pre- see. The, the pressing when they used to they press people to death. Yeah, although days. now that I'm thinking about it, it's more about like the dunk tank at the carnival. I kind of want one of those. Yeah, everybody gets a chance. Yeah, I, I feel like that would probably work. That's uh, adorable, Christian. What? Wouldn't it be cute? No, I don't want. It. I want them. I want them to serve jail time and be humiliated as well. <laughs> Well, I mean, are you capable of being humiliated when you're somebody like no. Corey Lewandowski or Paul Manafort? I, I would say I, I don't think so. And if there's anything to do with humiliation, it's probably something they pay an extra five hundred dollars for <laughs> nice. on weekend. I'm just saying that's 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 my impression of it. Part of what the collusion entails. So you think that there will actually be like a nail in the coffin to I think prove I... that. I think there will be well. It's well to use another term. They've been using in the whole uh, investigation of the Saudi prince. They've been saying they haven't been smoking gun. They've been saying a bloody saw. I think we'll have something like that in this particular case. At least I hope to. And by the way, when you were dead on, both of you guys dead on about the point. They, it's so funny when they say no shame, as they say in Spanish, sin vergüenza. No shame. No well, shame. I, I like the way you said it, though. <laughs> I mean, if I imagine if I tried to say it, you know, I mean, I I, I wouldn't try. But uh, in any case. Uh, our Scott Brown in the chat asks, what is the measure of taking a long time? Well, it's just the passage of time is long, but obviously, as as our usual panelist uh, Scott Moore would point out, just how long it took to for them to actually present the Watergate findings. Uh, and that's fairly simple what that was. This seems a lot more complicated, a lot more moving parts. 
but you know, you know, it's just tacky to go into another new year. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on, it's all look. All the indictment deals are, you know, are the, the it's like the lightning deals. They're like forty percent off. So just go ahead and mm-hmm. get them all presented. They and... got some good Black Friday indictments. <laughs> nice, <laughs> exactly. You get you get them all done in the long weekend. Cyber Monday, a few extra Cyber Monday indictments that aren't quite as good as the Black Friday indictments, but they, they, you know, it's better than serving. A life sentence. Uh, by the way, Lady Goth says, uh, you know, to my idea about the dunk tank, dunked in oil, that would be better. Now, that's that's just downright violent, but uh, we like we like the way you think, and uh, we like that you're with <laughs> us every week, Lady Goth. So that's what really comes down to it. I, um, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately anything, I think if there was something crazy that President Trump did, like, you know, I I feel like we'd know, right? I mean, because if he was made aware of something like that, in these findings, he couldn't have kept quiet about it. So he would have reacted and freaked out about mm-hmm. it. And all he does is just talk about how it's a witch hunt. And, you know, anytime <laughs> that someone is proven guilty, all of a sudden, you know, like Michael Cohen, who was his trusted legal yeah. advisor, all of a sudden he's like, well, he's obviously the worst person that right. anyone has ever how, known. How quickly, Earth. I mean, it's how quickly loyalties change amongst anybody connected to Trump. Oh, he's my guy. He's my guy. He's my guy. He's weak. He's a he's a traitor. He's a the, like I don't see how anybody Trump is a person that works exclusively on loyalties, but yet at the same time it's like everybody's so self-serving that they show that they'll they'll flip in an instant. So how can anybody trust any loyalty of, yeah, it, amongst I, I his, mean his close people no matter how loyal you intend to be when you, the alternative is jail time and you're like oh and uh, like i mean trump trump can have all these charges brought against him but as we've very clearly stated on the show over the recent weeks they, th- that's cute that the democrats have control of the house but they don't have the senate so you can you can of course you know bring articles of impeachment and then the senate will take a nap Mm-hmm. So uh, you don't, you know, you're not actually going to get same that. thing happened with Clinton, right? Right, exactly. It's, it's the exact same thing happened. So, uh, you know, but it'll be interesting. I don't know. I just want to see it. And uh, by the way, if there really is a P video, I really don't want to see it. <laughs> I just the knowledge that it really exists is enough. That's funny to me. Well, it does exist. Well, I, I haven't seen it, so I, I, you don't need to see it. No, believe me, I don't need to see it. <laughs> but uh, it's just alleged. I, I don't know. I, I need. I need to. I need to just have like. Somebody I trust tell me that exists. So if you tell me it exists, I guess that means I guess that means it's real. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a lot of things to talk about, uh, but uh, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the G20 because obviously we're very excited about the G20. Who wasn't? Uh, and there was a remarkable piece of video at the uh, G20 where we saw apparently our friend, one of our best friends, especially one of our best friends in the Middle East. The Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Mohammed uh, bin Salman. Yes. Yes. MBS, as I call him. Apparently, he's not your friend. But I notorious. Call, I call him MBS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, when I knew him, he was Lil MBS. It's back <laughs> in the day. But now, uh, and I guess, you know, not everybody's as quick to trust MBS's story as President Trump. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, you'll just kind of see that. By this... the way, notorious MBS and bone saws and harmony. Hey. Oh, I like that a lot. Like that. Uh, and then you know you'll kind of see you know look there's the class picture where everybody has to stand by him. But then when it gets to the part where you're actually not posing for the cameras and everybody is 
and everybody's just kind of making small talk. There's <laughs> nobody wants to talk to him. I mean, that's I, I don't know about either of you. I'm going to hope that you were both popular growing up, but that just makes me think of middle school right there. I'm just picked. standing there the whole time, <laughs> and I would have talked to anybody, but uh, nobody really wants the one-on-one photo with MBS. <laughs> Although uh, Juliet, if you could scroll down on that same uh, that same uh, article, there was the video that we saw before of apparently the, there's the one guy. Oh yeah, that's the the lower one right there uh it'll be him uh with with vladimir putin uh because if there's one guy yeah that's the one at the top of the screen if there's one guy who doesn't care who he's got a picture with and he just he's just like that's my man right there mbs come on they have their own secret handshake and he's just like yeah come on you know when we're when you're in the killing business obviously mm-hmm. you give a shout out to some of your pals um al do you uh, do you think that the rest of the world maybe has a higher standard uh, for I don't know um, guilt that uh, that the the White House seems to have? Oh man, I don't even know how to approach that question. Um, the thing about the, the, the let me look at it from this perspective is that Trump's world is uh, is so different. His perspective is so different from ours. Just even his tweeting and. Uh, we were talking about earlier in the earlier segment about how he's dang near going toward witness tampering, you know, when he's jumping on Cohen and all these other guys. It's kind of like numbed us so much. So in that roundabout way, it's kind of numbed the American public to what really is when you see obstruction and uh, and uh, it, uh, you know witness tampering going before you on social media. So there's a whole new standard. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely a brave new world. Uh, it's not very brave. I mean, it's, it's certainly new though. A petty new world. There yeah, it's a very small, um, vicious, petty new world. Right, and as we often talk about on the show, Tamara, it doesn't matter what's true; it just matters what you say is the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think that uh, you know, President Trump uh, for. All of the detractors and all the things that people don't like about him, it's it's something that he's certainly figured out better than, well, better than anybody that's ever been in the White House before. Mm. That's for sure. And I mean, set foot in the White House. So that includes Kid Rock. Mm. Uh, but I think that, uh, the look, the interesting thing when it comes to Saudi Arabia is maybe not to the extent that President Trump has done it. I think most of our recent presidents would certainly look the other way for someone that they just feel is is not even necessarily a friend. They're just like, oh, this is one of the worst guys. But he's our guy, and there's, you know, like President Trump, the difference is he was just upfront about the billions of dollars uh, tied up and, you know. Uh, and there, there's some oil there, you know, just a little. And so. even slipping, they do business with the United States, they do business with me. He slips stuff like that all well, the yeah, time. Of course, and yeah. it's like we're, we're numb to it. Real quick, uh, Christian, yes, um, you brought up a good point. Um, the thing about uh, Trump, you know, you're saying he says this kind of like flat out when we take these really bad guys and, you know, we're just kind of mealy mouthed about it and he's more open about it. Um, I wonder, here's the one thing I'm the most disappointed about Trump. He came in with all this hoopla about he being a great businessman and the art of the deal. There's a way you can back your quote, uh, I don't know, your partners, but still getting a better end of the deal. This is like negotiation. You get a back better end of a back end deal since they've kind of cut you on the front end over here. And he doesn't seem to do any of that. I don't see any negotiation. I don't see him exercising any leverage over this as far as our deals with the Saudis. He's just like kind of bending over and taking it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, they're definitely in the driver's seat there. And that's why, apart from being a funny piece of video, but also why I wanted to show is just like everybody else is just like, we are not talking to this guy, except, of course, Putin. But, you know, it's do you think, do you think Angela Merkel was going to get her photograph taken <laughs> anywhere near that guy? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's, uh, again, we often say on the show, nothing's really surprising anymore. Nothing even comes close to being surprising. But uh, it's it, it's it, it's such a stark contrast. But at least Republican senators are at least admitting at this point that that they believe that the Saudi crown prince was complicit in Khashoggi's murder. Yes. Uh, so for whatever that's worth, they they are at least saying that's like yeah, everybody knows. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure if they have to approve something that uh, benefits the Saudi family, they'll probably sign it. That's basically, I'd say, the the thesis of this administration in general. Something bad or illegal happens. Initially, their stance is, uh, nah, that didn't happen. Then it moves to, well, you know, who knows? Nobody really knows. And then it moves to, well, okay, it did, but really, what's the big deal? Yeah, it wouldn't really make cares? a difference anyway. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. And then that's where it ends. So... That's that's the uh, you know like the five uh, tiers of mourning. That's the three tiers of the Trump administration: denial, then indifference, then uh, a, a, like a, a agreement, but saying that it has no bearing on anything. Yeah. So. Uh, well, of course, uh, the big story this week is, of course, the passing of our forty-first president, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. Everybody's always very careful to point out which. President Bush they're speaking of. You always get the H in there. And uh, there were some uh, photos, uh, just I saw a little earlier this afternoon, that uh, President Bush and Melania said hello to George W. Bush and Laura Bush. And I guess the story was that uh, they... Oh, you mean uh, Trump and Melania? Trump and Melania, yeah, that they were uh, being uh, being civil. You know, they, they were like... Because, you know, I don't think that... Uh, they probably don't like each other, but I don't think that this is really the time for oh, that. Oh, they wouldn't be uncivil. Yeah, and and obviously he's the president. He comes and says, you know, uh, sorry for your loss, whatever, all that. Uh, so it, it's not really surprising. And here, uh, for those watching on YouTube, we do have a photo of uh, President Trump uh, saluting the uh, casket of uh, the former president. Uh, they're, uh, just like just like a young JFK Jr. Right. As, the, as the casket passes by. That's true. They probably would get uh, similar scores on a uh, elementary school aptitude test. Is that a terrible <laughs> thing to say, or I don't know? But uh, yeah, I mean, look for for all of Trump's uh, bravado and bluster, he knows there's like, well, this is the time I just kind of have to do this. You know, I'm saluting, you know, and just uh, say say one or two things, and then you know, not tweet till I get home. You know, then, uh, I, but. The uh, the interesting thing is obviously you know you have this this president who passed that in general people are uh, fairly fondly remembering you know and uh, it's it's such a different time when he was running for reelection uh, against Bill Clinton and also Ross Perot uh, you know just because uh, it was just like well you know obviously this this guy's out of touch he was he was painted with a very specific brush. But now, I mean, even the things that they didn't like about him is like, oh, that's all so quaint, the things we didn't oh, like. Oh, right. You know, it's just, you know. He and, raised taxes. Well, he did not defend Nazis. Wait, who are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not even sure. Uh, but, 
Yes, uh, President H. W. Bush, Bush did uh, promise Not read my lips, no new taxes, and then raise taxes. But look, he was just being a politician. I mean, that's what they do. You you shouldn't usually say read my lips, no new taxes, like, and then immediately do it. But you know, uh, but the the interesting thing that I just remember uh, from well from life was that just how incredibly popular he was about a year before that election because they had a, a little run in with Saddam Hussein that went very well <laughs> because it was over in like two not even two months Iraq so, one yeah exactly that was the that was that was that was the first one that, that was the OG Iraq war that uh, you know I guess they didn't have enough funding they just went in they took care of it and it was all over you know and that, that was actually the middle of 1990 so you know he was it was a sky high. I remember a Saturday Night Live sketch in the fall of 1991 where the joke was it was a talk show with all these uh, Democratic impressions. And the joke was to figure out who's going to be the guy that loses to Bush. Like that was the idea of what the show was. Or the exact title. He was so popular. And people and and I think in reality, he became much more beloved when he wasn't president anymore because you saw the, the Clintons and the Obamas. Everybody loves this guy. Michelle Obama. Canceled her book tour. Mm. Now that's serious, you know. Do you think Donald Trump will cancel a book tour for anything if there's if there's books to be sold? All these images of him reaching out to the Clintons, you know, yeah. and to the and to the Obamas. You're dead right as far as uh, you know his his passing in the latter lad, yeah. years, making this kind of lovable grandfather feel. Christian, I got to take you back. So when I was a kid, my my. Uh, uh, Memories of George Bush are being at the heart of Iran Contra. You know what I mean? Sure, of course he was. The, yeah. He was the vice president during that. He was, but, the, yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, just and him being the head of the CIA, so he t- he's totally always had this nefarious, you know, uh, uh, lay, uh, air to him. But he's been able to come out, you know, unscathed. I think. And if uh, for those on watching on YouTube, you'll see that uh, Juliet has uh, some of our fondest memories of President George H. W. Bush. Are actually Dana Carvey's impression of him from Saturday Night Live. Uh, which... I, was, I was just going to credit Dana Carvey with giving him his softer image because yeah. he's the reason that people, you know, when you remember, do you remember Iran Contra or do you remember not, not going to do it? it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You remember, you yeah, know? it's exactly what it was. And, uh, you know, he's uh, told the story many times, uh, Dana Carvey has in, in uh, interviews uh, about, you know, staying at the White House. And uh, George H.W. Bush loved his impression. So he had him call the Secret Service as him. And, uh, you know, just they, the two of them giggled about it. So it seems like, uh, you know, they uh, they had a fondness for each other. And I, I think that the things that seemed so important, you know, the uh, what one of the things that, that you do see thrown around on Twitter from maybe some detractors <laughs> is uh, warmongering, which is just it's just <laughs> that quaint. little word. It's just quaint now because you're like, I, I mean, if you're gonna if look if there's a president named George Bush that you're going to talk about wars and maybe the way that they handle wars, is it really H. W. Bush? Is he really the one that you're going to be so critical of? You know, and maybe that's what it is. You know, people are just like, oh, he was so much better than his kid. Oh, and that guy now? And, and I think that that's a lot of what it is, you know, is that what people felt about him at the time. Also, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was no major, there was no terrorist uh, tragedy during his time. There was no, there was nothing, there was not like a, a he, he didn't have a, any mass shooting or 9-11 or any sort of, 
But was like no, I mean, grandiose it, thing that define or killing Osama bin Laden. Like he doesn't have that thing that is sort of the cornerstone of every other presidency. No, I mean he definitely you know went to war with Iraq, but you know now at this point who doesn't? But who did it? Yeah, I mean now. <laughs> I mean I went to war. Hey, you went to war with Iraq. Yeah. We all. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I do believe to to the point you're making. I think Oprah went to war with Iraq. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's not. You know, there's obviously. The world was a seemed like a safer place back then, probably, and uh, yeah, there there weren't the mass shootings uh, and the you know there there were smaller level terrorist attacks during the Clinton administrations that were actually you know Al Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, just sort of some of the precursors um, of nine eleven things that you saw Columbine, like, you know, yeah, like when the, yeah. And I don't think it's a matter of the world is getting you know it was a safer world then. I'm I'm just saying. He just didn't seem to have those events that yeah. previous and post administrations had to grapple with. Yeah, well, and I guess you know he only had one term, so you know there's only there's only so much you can get done there, mm-hmm. I guess. But uh, so obviously, it's uh, it, you know it's it's very very sad when uh, somebody passes away, but uh, it seems like people are definitely choosing to remember the good about him. Um, and this would be a great part where if I'm like, yeah, but then here's these 10 things that you might have forgotten. But I, I actually don't have any of those. It's not, it's not that kind of show. That kind of show requires a lot more research than I'm willing to do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I did think it was interesting to sort of, you know, basically this is definitely the uh, social event of Washington, D.C. is everybody's there. You know, the Clintons canceled their tour. Well, not canceled. They took a break from their tour playing half full arenas. Uh, Michelle Obama did go away from the book tour. Everybody's got to go for this. Uh, and it uh, seems like they're uh, very fondly remembering. And very sweet. Uh, you know, you just hear sort of about the love he had for his wife, Barbara, who only passed away less than a year ago. So uh, uh, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess what they say is that they're in a better place. But for those watching in the chat, maybe you remember some you have some remembrances. Or maybe there's other Dana Carvey impressions that you like. That's fine, too. You know, I, I'd be happy to hear those as well. So, uh, uh, anyway, I think that uh, that's that's kind of at the, at the forefront of what's uh, going on at the moment. But uh, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about was we referenced the G20 before. And uh, there was a G20 statement that went out about climate change, which we talked extensively about uh, last week. Uh, and again, Donald Trump, the only person to not shun, uh, I always want to call him KSM, but that's a different guy in that part of the world. So this is the crown prince, uh, and we, MBS, he basically, he's okay with him, but he's not okay talking about climate change. Everybody else signed off on it, and that seems to be... Uh, that seems to be an issue, uh, I guess. I, I don't know, Tamara. That's just, what, just catering to the base? Like, he doesn't even care it's about... It's 100% catering to the base. That's all it is. He he doesn't... I mean, you know, granted, he's, he, his his base, his fight... He, I'm sure he's got uh, investment interests tied up in big oil, obviously. He... Um, yeah, but uh, that's that's a part of it, too. But it's it's entirely just... Catering to the base, the climate issue is a hippy dippy leftist, you know, blah blah blah, whatever they want to call it, rather than a 
dire reality that we are all grappling with every year is going to get yeah it's just it's it's unbelievable to not place more like just immediate importance on this yeah i mean to refer back to our last two republican presidents both of which happened to be named george bush they uh certainly were on the side of well you know we don't want to do any harsh regulations against our business friends but it wasn't like this it was like there was some degree of like yeah you gotta get some people look at that science you know but this is just like no nah, just it's more fake news you know so this is this is kind of a departure and just really turning into the skin well he didn't say i mean he's not dismissing it he's just sort of saying like it's it, it's kind of like i it's just he's in his indifference phase he's in his like yeah you know who know the the results there's something there but you know who really I, i'm not sure who really knows you know he's he's like dismissing it i would say more so than denying it don't you think yeah, I mean, I think that, that that it's very dismissive of it. He just says, I don't believe it. Uh, Al, what do you think about this? I mean, what else is new? Nothing shocks me. Up is down, black is white, the sky is red. Whatever our... Yeah, don't get me started, but... I'm, well, no, the, the sky is yellow, the, the brown. <laughs> yeah, but Christmas trees are red. There we so go. that is something that we... Blood have. red. Yes. I, want to, I can't wait to get to that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could we do the whole show on that. That's, that's really the Christmas show. We'll, we'll focus on the uh, blood red Christmas trees. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we talked a lot about it last week, and so this is just sort of like, I don't know, it's like the denial cherry on top of the I don't believe you Sunday. It's just more like yeah, yeah, that's great. You guys do whatever you want with that. I'm, I'm going to be I just, over here. I don't understand what he, what what's the benefit to ignoring climate change? I, I mean, you get people to vote for you who don't believe in climate change, I, I think is really what it comes but, down to. But ultimately, they're going to vote for him no matter what he says. So his base is his base no matter what he does. So yeah. if he should say, yeah, okay, this this report is needs to be taken very serious. This is what's happening. I don't see that negatively affecting him in any way. Well, I I think you're right. I, I you know, I mean, what did uh, he say during the campaign that he could shoot someone on 5th Avenue and his fans would still 100%. I, I think it's true. I think yeah. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't tested it. Just been like, can we see what happens? You know, not, because, not, you know, just like shoot them in the shoulder or something, you know, just to see where what that gets him, you know. Because, like I said, his base has picked him as, as their guy. It does not matter what he does because you can say to Trump supporters, I don't know if you've had this experience, too, where you say, oh, you you feel that he's in favor of veterans? Well, what about the fact that he hasn't, is the only president who hasn't visited troops overseas. He has cut funding to the VA twice in the two years that he's been in. Oh, yeah, but he and then, you know, and they defend it. So what I chalk it up to, I've said this before, is it's it's exactly like uh, if you've ever had a friend who is in love with somebody and they're just enamored with this person. But you realize they're not in love with that person. They're in love with the image that they've created in their head of this person. And I feel like that's what Trump supporters do. They don't. It does not matter what he says, what he does. It's he. He is their perfect image of exactly what they want right now, and and there's no. They're not in love with him. They're in love with the image of him that they've created. Uh, our Scott Brown in the chat points out uh, to this end: the climate change party line for the GOP is that climate scientists are getting rich because if you see the people that are involved in these studies, they, one thing they look 
is very wealthy. <laughs> they look like they just spend, 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 spend. Sure. Very lavish lifestyle. That's, that's a great one, point. I got this one guy a couple years ago who said, well, it's because of the Weather Channel. They're getting rich. Those guys in the Weather Channel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. The Weather Channel. Uh, yeah. That's, you know uh, those Weather Channel moguls. Oh. <laughs> Uh, if if only I could remember the name of that guy from the Weather Channel, but eh, I can't, so it's fine. Uh, so, uh, where do we look when we're trying to get the best impression, the best understanding of the political system and where it's going? Is uh, celebrities and rock stars specifically? Uh, hard to disagree with uh, Bruce Springsteen, who said in an interview that I don't see anyone who can beat Trump. And that's why he believes that uh, he will be reelected. And uh, it's something that, that I say a lot here on this show, and not just because we're too lazy to make a new graphic that says the somebody else report. <laughs> and, you know, we, we, we'd get, well, so here's the thing. I wouldn't make the graphic. We'd actually probably have Steven do it. So that's fine. You know, somebody else could do the, I don't know, the Kamala Harris report. That doesn't seem likely. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's, that's an option, though. Uh, but it's hard to disagree with the notion when you see the names that are bandied about, the people who are excited about running, the people that there's some buzz and some heat. Bernie Sanders, and I'm sorry that Chelsea's not here while we talk about this. Bernie Sanders eyes a bigger 2020 bid, despite uh, despite some warning signs that you know maybe people have moved on, uh, despite the fact that he's 77, and I, I don't... I don't typically feel like we, we ought to be ageist, but if you're 77 now, when people would vote for you for president, you'd be 79. And then, you know, I can't add eight to that, but I think it's a high number. You know, So you'd be 87 if you served two, two terms. And there's just a, a lot happens in that decade. I mean, look, there, let's put it this way. There's a lot of difference between 1981 Ronald Reagan and 1988 Ronald Reagan. That's all I'm trying to say. I can't remember. Well, there you go. It all goes back. It all goes back to Oliver North, uh, and then of course the uh, the other person who says that they're the most qualified person to be president in the country is Joe Biden. Uh, Al, I don't see either of these as strong choices. At least not in 2020. Uh, maybe in 1920. I think either one of them would have probably had a fighting chance against Coolidge. But uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like. The, if you're trying to, what, energize a youthful base yeah. and excitement, I know that there was a movement not, behind Bernie, but... I'm it, not getting those vibes from uh, Uncle Joe either, you know. Yeah. Joe Biden, you know, Uncle Joe, you know, good old guy, gaffaholic, can't wait to get him in there. Um, well, he, he, at least, he at least cops to it now. He's like, yeah, I know that uh, I'm a gaff machine, which he never would have said before. Like, but... Would you rather have the gas than the lies? And then it's like, ooh, look at that. You took a weakness and turned it into a strength. That's good point. Good point. Uh, what were you going to say? No, I mean, I was going to say that that's an, uh, a very exciting point. And to be perfectly honest, while I like the politics of uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Cory Booker, they're not as, you know, just not as exciting, dare we say. Yeah, uh, Tamara. Um, well, let's think that, I mean, at the two years before the 2016 election, I don't know if I even knew who Bernie was at that point. Right. You know, like, we're st- it's still so early yeah. that I don't think we've found our new Bernie yet, you know? No, and but I think that the, the key to what you said is new Bernie. Is that the... the <clears throat> and I yeah. don't mean old as a disparaging descriptive term. It's just the previous Bernie, the Bernie we've already had. I, I don't think Bernie's going to be the candidate. I do... I actually do see Joe Biden as being a viable candidate. I could see him really energizing 
the Bernie bros and the moderate Democrats and the I, I could see some traction coming to Joe to Joe Biden. I could see that. I do wonder why he didn't run in 2016. I do feel like the Clinton machine was just like, you know, they, they always know where all the bodies are buried. So it's almost like, Joe, you know what we know. Let's <laughs> let's sit this one out. This is Hillary's turn, okay? Because uh, Barack already took her last turn, and we're not going to have you do it this time. Uh, so he seems like somebody that, I don't know, I mean, he's been in politics since he was in his 20s. It seems like what he does and it's not like you you stop trying to you know get the promotion and get the new job. Uh, it, it would stand to reason. Um, I don't know. I think I personally I, I, he's not seventy seven, but he's he's in that age. I think mm-hmm. he's like seventy five. I mean, this is an era where, where we've got Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, we've got. Oh, Diane, is she running? Because no, no, no. no. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay, I'm, I'm I was like, tell every, me more. Everybody's in good company age wise. Diane yeah. Feinstein, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, all of our it's like so many of our major players are like 90, you know. And so yeah. it's it's just an interesting period in history where the we're depending on the younger people's vote to support the 90-year-old, you know. And I think that that is it's tough to energize the, you know, the younger voters who let's be honest, that many of them won't vote no matter who you have, but you you do get them excited with with a movement like the one that Bernie had. But I do think what you need is Bernie endorsing someone else. I don't know who it is. Hey, no, I'm sorry. Let me oh, play. is it you? Is it Al Greg? Are you here to declare that you're running? In the ring right right now. Now. Let's go right now. I'm sorry, man. Couldn't bite my lip when you're saying who's going to Bernie pass the torch to? Maybe in like in uh, 2024. Well, what other uh, leftist social candidate do we have? Democratic socialist Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Perhaps if she matures, I hope I said her name right. If she matures a little bit, you but, did, yeah. And and she could oh not my. run in 2020 because. I think she'll only be 31. He no, said no. 24. She, well, she's a little bit older than no, that. No, he said the year 2024. Oh, no, no, I know what I'm okay. saying. So she would have to wait okay. uh, until that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Younger, more exciting. Yes. Uh, I think that you do have people who are excited. And, you know, we didn't get to this a few weeks ago because uh, there have certainly been times on the show where uh, I've been very critical for uh, yes. her doing you know, one of the worst things you can do in this day and age, which is be bad on television. But uh, she hasn't I, even been bad. She's just she just is a, a young. Stop it right there. That's all you need. She's young. young. She's young. young. That's it. And <laughs> and people take license when, it, especially when it's a woman, to say, I'll, "Oh, break it she's, down. she's doing." The, oh, listen break to how her talk. And there's just something about her voice. And those are the things that are specific to female candidates. Mm. Well, it's true, but uh, I think if Scarlett Johansson can sell a piece of shit movie on a talk show without <laughs> a, without breaking a sweat, you'd like to think that she could do. What I did want to say about her a few weeks ago when we, we just really ran out of time was that I've liked a lot of what she's done since she's uh, been elected. She hasn't been sworn in yet, but just sort of, you know, a lot, she's being very vocal. She's being out there. She's trying to call out some of the establishment. And look, you have a lot of people who are like, yeah, that won't last if you want to keep working. But uh, I don't know. I like the excitement she has because who are the Democrats who people are excited about how energized they are? Uh, and I'm talking about this year. 
mm-hmm. you know I, I you don't see a lot of them it is mostly some of these older and it's not even the age of them it's old in the sense that they've all been around representing the Democratic Party for so long. That is one of the biggest, you know, why you thought that there might be a viable alternative to Nancy Pelosi, because she's been the Speaker of the House before. She's had that message before. Why don't you get someone else in there? But go ahead. And I got one more name to throw out there. And it's not that we've forgotten her, but she's a part of that same crew that's been around, Elizabeth Warren, you know. A nice, you know, female candidate that would be changing in and of itself, you know, great progressive politics, but a whole other uh, ball of wax to get with her, too. Uh, when you mentioned her, there was a, an odd comment in the chat from someone that says, DJT, not the president, uh, Sacagawea, as soon as you said oh, that. So I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that had going. to do with it. I just, I just know saw that in there. Oh, so, so Siri wanted to chime in about something. Uh, anyway... Uh, so yeah, I. But look, you're looking in in the right place because uh, Elizabeth Warren, is, on a national scale, well, she hasn't run before. She hasn't been, you know, a VP. Obviously, people are there's an awareness of her. Uh, you do wonder about sort of the optics and flyover country because she is, she's very liberal, you know. But you know, so was Barack Obama. So you know, you just have to, you just have to figure out what the what the best packages to present the American people with in terms of a ticket that can actually win. And, you know, it it wasn't that far off uh, in 2016. You just have to sort of, you're going to take a lot of those same ideas and maybe just Maybe just put a put a new a new bow on it, you know, just sort of like like redesigning the the packaging for you know uh, for a product that you buy because you have to, you know, you don't really care that it's in a new box, but look, it's prettier. Uh, anyway, uh, I do believe uh, that we are already out of time, and uh, there's so much more to talk about. Play trees. Uh, well, those, those <laughs> yeah, I mean the. The Melania Trump uh, blood red forest of tears is it's just horrifying. I, I, I'm not critical of, of her for choosing it. It's just more for whoever said sure thing, first lady, whatever you said, <laughs> instead of like, uh, you know, one thing about that is the idea is not to to haunt the dreams of children you know there should be sugar plum fairies dancing in their head not freddy krueger so perhaps just maybe oh i don't know tree colored trees but then again maybe that's just me sort of being I mean, an old thinker that suggestion probably came from whatever staffer was also like hey melania you know maybe you shouldn't wear that jacket that says i really don't care yeah. You know, maybe you should. She clearly doesn't listen to advice. So, yeah. Well, that's probably true. But anyway, uh, so we will be back next week, and uh, that'll be our big end of the year wrap up special. Yeah, it'll be an extravaganza. It'll be the same length as usual. It was just, yeah, some of the same people, but it'll still be fun. Uh, so, uh, Al, thank you so much for uh, coming back and joining us. Where do people find you? Glad to be back, a.k.a. What, Young Street Life. Uh, That's you right. can find me on IG at Algy underscore Jamaica House Film. And Tamara, where do people find you? Hey, go to my website, TamaraBrown.com, to see my upcoming shows. Of which there are plural, because you said shows. I heard it. Yeah, my uh, live, see me live, perform stand-up. Yeah, not just sitting here on TV. <laughs> yep. You can see her live and in person. Yep. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at ChristianDMZ. And right here on AfterBuzz TV, tomorrow night at 10 Pacific, for the South Park After Show and so many other things around here. But uh, we will see you next week. Until then, thanks a lot. Have a good night, evening, afternoon, all that stuff.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.